Welcome to the Nairn County Podcast, which is brought to you in association with our digital partner, Zion Energy, the leading blockchain software and digitalization experts leading the field in emerging technologies related to oil and gas tokenization. For more, go to Zion.com. The word legend is often overused in football, but this time we have someone who is fully deserving of such an accolade joining us on episode 5 of the Nairn County Podcast. It's Ian Brooks sits down with our director of football, Graham McLeod, to tell us all about his long career with Nairn County over two spells. In part one, to find out who the big scaly man was who originally took Ian to the club and had such a positive influence on his early career. His Highland League baptism of fire man-marking Inverness Caledonian legend, playing at our club's record defeats when we had to name a fan on the subs bench, and playing alongside big characters who enjoyed boozy bus trips. We hope you enjoy listening to what the club legend Ian Brooks has to say in part one of the Nairn County Podcast. Right, Ian Brooks, it's a pleasure to have you with us on the Nairn County podcast today. I've been really looking forward to speaking to you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, Graham. So just how things are with you just now, is it is it down in Granton area that you're based just now? Yeah, still in Granton. Transferred up from Aberdeen back to Merness, working work-wise uh, about three or four years ago now. So back in the hometown and working from Merness. It's a bit strange with these COVID times now, working from home and such, but I know, the same as everybody else, you know. So we're here to talk about the life and times in the game playing football with uh, with us at Nairn and, and all the way through your time in the game. So how what was it that got you into playing football uh, initially and what's your first memories of playing football when you were young? When I was young, um, I don't think I'd ever kicked a ball till I was like eight or nine years old. And then the school teams, maybe primary five, and it wasn't until I was walking through the town one day and when my pals walked up and he was just like, my dad started up a local football team, a boys club, and get with the Grant and Colts, it was called back then. He said, do you want to play? And I was like, yeah, aye. And that was it. From there, it was kind of every... Every Friday night, I think we played against the local the rurals like Carbridge and Cromdale and Aviemore, the old teams. A couple of years went by and we started playing teams in the Murray Street League. And then obviously we started playing Nairn. Down, I think, was there a pitch down at Trades Park or something? That's right, yeah. There down was. That, yeah. Uh, and I remember we played them a couple of times. We were getting changed after the game. And this big scary man came up to me and asked if we wanted to come to Nairn under 18s. And it was Jim Walker. Right. Um, it was quite an imposing presence on a young boy back. I think I was only about, I think it was about 13 at the time, 12 or 13. Uh, and that was my introduction to Nairn. Yeah, I went through and um, that was the, the start of the journey with Nairn. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to ask you, like, how what got you into to playing for Nairn? You played in the, the youth teams uh, with Nairn. What sort of guys was there? in the squad when you first went down to training? Um, under 18s, when I, went, I first went through, um, there was guys like uh, Big Brian Taylor, Big Stretch, uh, the McClatchies were there, the Baird Twins were there. I think, well, Craig Darby was there. I think he was in like, the first team at the time, or certainly in the season after that. Uh, Graham Payton was the captain. There was Alan Ross, Trevor Johnston. Uh, he was there, um, and these kind of guys. And it was great. It was great fun, and they made me feel completely at home. So being the only guy coming through from Granton at the time, it was it was great, you know. How did you find that going back and forth from Granton? Uh, I kind of found it all right. It was my dad that was driving at the time, so okay. he struggled a little bit, especially when I went through the first team. It was twice a week uh, training, plus on a Saturday. The older I got, you know, you got a wee job after school and that, so I finished school at four o'clock. Used to work in the spa shop till about six, and then the little boy would pick me up straight through to Nairn for training. That was twice a week, same on a Saturday, you know, so it was difficult for him. I found it all right, you know, but 
and it didn't bother me. It was hard in the winter, you know, coming across the Davo with yeah. snow. There's a few uh, scary moments, but no, I, feel, I, I love my time under 18s. It was great, especially having Jim uh, Walker there. Uh, being a young lad, and he just made me feel right at ease from the start. Basically, I wouldn't have had a career I had it there if it wasn't for, for Jim, I think. So he's got a massive part to play in things, especially yeah. from taking through the first team as well. I was going to say, you start training with the first team from quite a young age. Do you remember those days and what sort of players did you sort of stand out in the sessions? Back then, I think, like uh, Craig Darby made the kind of step up. Um, and then there was myself and, and Brian Taylor went through as well. Now and again to help out when they were short. Um, but mainly, well, this was, I think it was about 94, I think. And back in those days, Nairn couldn't obviously go out and spend money on players. So this, we did. We were lucky enough to get, to get bled at an early age, whether we were ready for it or not was another story but yeah. I mean going to training the names that were standing out well Sharpie was there in all my time at Nairn I think he's probably between him and Gary Farker I think Sharpie was number two out the players that I played with just outstanding who else was there Dingers was there Martin Bell big personality there was Johnny Davidson Dane Miller Big Alan Forbes Andy Clark all these guys were there and a good lot of local guys as well you know your Ronnie's your Danes Rennie Cameron was still kicking a the ball then there were some massive personalities in that dressing room yeah. that's what's that like as a like 15 16 year old going in to address yeah, with those well, names you mentioned yeah well exactly if you ask any of the guys well Mo I think Mo was there for about 100 years <laughs> you know when I turned up the first time when he was still there when I went back for the second time if you ask any of those players when I came through I wouldn't say a word to anybody you know it was it was coming out of my comfort zone in under 18s going into that first team environment and as I said there was massive per- personalities there so I took a back seat from the start and I think the three years that I was there the first time I, I, I don't think I said a word to anybody you know it was really intimidating they were don't get me wrong they were really great guys really encouraging to help you but the dressing room was just a riot you know all these big personalities the bus home if, if we made the bus home was was something special you know the singing the drinking and martin bell at the back was box of white wine <laughs> it's just no it was really it was really good so difficult for a young guy like me not knowing anybody but no i, I, I again I, I enjoyed it what about the training i mean did you find a, a difference in the standards you've gone from maybe being one of the better players in the youth team playing alongside maybe just playing alongside your mates to going into dressing room with big personalities and good players as well did you think yeah. you know, the standards was a, a real step up oh definitely especially being, being a young guy I mean these guys are, were all I mean you had your sharpies there obviously at a different level and uh, Martin Bell they're obviously all playing at a higher level or Emerestis or that kind of so they've been about a, a bit you know Alan Forbes has been playing at a higher level not just from like a, a kind of learning point of view, but it was it was great just to understand how how you speak to people in teams, you know, <laughs> be it good or bad, and how you conduct yourself around them and around certain people. But as regards to the the, the step up, I what made it a little bit easier for me was the fact that Jim came up as well as Harry's assistant, yeah. so that made my transition a lot easier. And um, Jim kind of had his arm around me for the first year or so just to kind of break me in gently, and you know, because it was quite Harry didn't mess about with his words, and if you weren't pulling your weight, he told you. It doesn't matter if you were. 15 years old or been in the game for 20 years you know sometimes Harry would dress you down and then Jim would be there to kind of pick up the pieces so that made my life a lot easier as well. Do you remember your debut for the first team? I think so yeah I remember it it was a midweek game and it was Cali yeah the old the old Cali and it was at Telford Street it was a midweek game it was in the winter I can't remember exactly when it was but it was snowing um, and I was on the bench and I'd been in the bench a couple of times leading up to that but I hadn't been used and um, I don't know if you remember there's a guy that played for Cali back then called Wilson Robertson he yeah. was one of the, the top the top players and Dane Miller that played for us he was one of these guys that he gave him a job and he would do it he'd run through brick walls for you you know he had a heart the size of the dugout and it was his job to kind of man mark Wilson 
and he was doing a great job, but he came off injured at half time. I was out warming up on the pitch and I think it was Jim came out and gave me the gave me the nod saying you're you're going in. So I came in, got changed, a little bit intimidated. I think we were down, I think we were down two or three nil at half time by this point. Harry gave me the exact same spiel that he gave Dane before the game, which was look, get on Wilson Robertson, don't let him get out your sight, don't let him go. Tackle as much as you can, stay with him. If you win the ball, don't try anything fancy, just give it to Sharpie. You know, that was the kind of, win the ball, give it to Sharpie. That was, that was my job. And I remember him walking me onto the pitch. What have, you, what have you not to do? I've not done anything. I've not done anything fancy, Harry. Right, and what have you to do if you win the ball? Give it to Sharpie. You know, he was drumming this into me. <laughs> and um, I can't actually remember the game, but I remember coming off at half-time and obviously, I must have done all right. I think we conceded another couple of goals, but it was that was kind of my introduction to it. And I was just glad to get under my belt and out of the way. It was good. It was good. Again, um, the guys are really supportive because it was a big game to come into for a young guy back then, especially at halftime, you know. So, so yeah, and that was, that was the start of it. That's what a real baptism of fire. I mean, Wilson Robertson, I think, is one of the most legendary, if you like, Cali players yeah, think, from down the yeah, years. I think it was the season after. I think he'd one more season at Cali when they when they amalgamated, and then he went to Bucky after that. And I remember marking him again at Bucky, and he was just a nightmare. You couldn't get near him. You know, he, he reminds me of a, a Gary Farker. He didn't look, you know, he's just this this guy coming towards the end of his career by then. And I thought, oh, this will be easy street, but. I just couldn't get near them. During one of your first seasons, or probably possibly your first season, the 94-95 season, yeah, we finished bottom of the league and we lost 14-1 away at Cove, which is still a club record defeat to this day. What do you remember about that game? Do you know, I can't actually remember much about the game itself, but I can remember a bit about leading the events leading up to it. Um, I think it started off in the bus in the morning, so we're unloading the gear off the bus at Cove. Back in those days, there was a boot hamper. The under-18s cleaned the boots, put them back in the hamper. So somebody had forgot to load the boot hamper on the bus, right? So we turned up at Cove with no boots, with no shinies. Miraculously, for some reason, I think somebody went into town and managed to get like 12 pairs of boots or something. I got a pair. I was kind of last in the pecking order. So I got a pair that were like two sizes too big for me. I think we only had 11 players. So we took a fan out of the stands. I think it was a Cove fan, actually. <laughs> Honestly, he came, and sat, he came and sat on the bench for us with no shinies. I remember, um, I think it was... Who was it back then? I think it was Dane handed me a, a daily record and told me to roll it up and stick it down my socks. That was my shin pads for the day was a daily record. As I say, I don't remember much about the game, but that was just the kind of starting point of a bad day and it just got worse from there. Uh, the next season, uh, we also finished bottom, but we're starting to bring in guys like David McDonald, Mo McNillan, you mentioned yeah. Sharpie, uh, Neil Sinclair as well. So I suppose that's maybe start, starting to lay the foundations for what was to come six or seven years down the line. Definitely. Um, well, the, the three names you mentioned there, Nugget and and Mo, uh, they were a bit of a double act. And they were, when I left the first time, when I came back, they were still there. They were the kind of people you went to. When I came back the second time, the likes of your Johnny Davidson's and your Alan Forbes, your strong personalities, they'd left and kind of Mo and Nugget had kind of slid into that role. But bringing in Sinky, yeah, what a player he was when he was, I think he was only a year or two older than me at the time. But as a striker, he could do, you know, he was holding the ball up. And I remember we're playing teams like Cove. And uh, Lossie Mouth were quite strong back then, Huntley. And he didn't look out of place. He could have strolled into any one of their teams. He, he really was a, a really good player. And he was adaptable. He could play anywhere. It was great having uh, Sinky and that kind of guys there. And as you say, that was the type of player that they were looking forward to bringing in in the future and to start to do that. And before the 96-97 season was out, uh, Harry was left the club as the manager. You mentioned a bit about Harry there. What, really, what was it like working under him, him, the manager that gave you your debut? And then how was things around the club and the mood in the camp and the squad when, when he was sacked from the job? I mean, when I first went to Nairn, you walk up the corridor and, and at Station Park and there's all these pictures of guys, you know, from the, especially the 70s, the, the title winning side. And obviously Harry stood out. You know, he was kind of a club legend at the time. Um, you guys, because I was still a kid, couldn't drive. 
had guys coming through to Granite and picking up like Stan Brown, you know, another another clip. All these guys whose photos were on the wall. But Harry was great. His training was good. He didn't have a big budget to spend, so he relied a lot on kind of guys digging hard. And there was no kind of flair players back then. Um, so he did he did the best he could he could with what he had. I didn't really get to know him that well. But when I let, or just as, as he got sacked and Jim took over, I think the foundations had already been laid for me to, to move on by that point. As I mentioned earlier on, I was a really quiet kid. Although I loved playing football at that time and being in the dressing room with these guys, I couldn't become part of the, the banter, if you like, because I was just so shy. Looking at Strasbourg at the time, all my, all my pals were playing at Strasbourg. It was around the corner from my house. You know, you had guys there like Big Gareth Smith, my best mate, he was there. And just when Jim took over, I think that was one of the, the hardest kind of phone calls I'd ever had to make in my life, was phoning Jim to say, look, I think it'll be better for me if I, if I go to, to Strasbourg at that time. Yeah, I yeah. suppose, did it, did it make it that bit more difficult that it was Jim that got the job because he'd had that, such an influence on your early career? That's exactly, exactly what I was going to say because, you know, it was Jim that, that took me through, he supported me through all those kind of years. Um, and then as soon as he takes over for me to phone him and say, look, basically, thanks for what you've done, but... I'm off. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. That was it. Was really difficult, but fair play to Jim. Took it really well, and he basically left the door open for him. He understood why I was going, um, and said, "Look, if it doesn't work out, Strass Bay will take you, will take you back in a heartbeat." And I couldn't have asked more of him. Um, so I don't think I really played under uh, Jim uh, when he took over, which has kind of always bugged at me a little bit because I would, I would have loved to have stayed, but yeah. it just wasn't for me at the time. So you spent a couple of seasons with Strass Bay. Is that where you really sort? start to find your feet if you like in other yeah, football yeah definitely definitely um i think it's the old saying sometimes you've got to take a step back to take two steps forward kind of thing and it really was the making of me i was more comfortable there it was guys i'd known my whole life and uh, friends and don't get me wrong some of the players that were there at the time were, were outstanding you know like colin mclean for example and rest this legend they had all ex high league players like gavin green eddie morrison Lee O'Brien, I think it was at Nairn um, before yeah. me. And the manager at the time was Donnie McLeod, an ex, another ex-Nairn player, who the Highlands came to know well over the past few years. <laughs> um, so it, it was really good. Um, because I knew them, I found it easier to kind of, I found my voice, if you like. I kind of grew up a little bit and it stood me in really good stead for the, for the future. And I think that's where I learned to enjoy a bus journey home to its full extent, you know, to the point of even taking guitars on the bus, just purely for the sing-song on the way home. But Oh, they, those were good years. Um, I really enjoyed my football there, and it was a great bunch of a great bunch of guys. The Nan County Podcast is brought to you in association with our digital partners, Zion Energy. Click on Zion.com to find out more.